Welcome to Girl Talk with your host, Melissa Ann. Girl Talk is that show which discusses the real issues black women face being a mom, a dad, a wife, a girlfriend, a sister, a co-worker, a therapist, or whatever hat black women wear on any particular day. Why? Because black women are just dope. Without further ado, here is your host, Melissa Ann. Welcome to Girl Talk with your host, Melissa Ann. And today we have a show today that I think many women will be able to relate to. In the studio with us today, we have Dr. Keetra, who is a victim advocate. And really, we wanted to have a conversation today. We talk about emotional baggage and the baggage that we carry, um, like backpack, uh, rocks in your backpack. And sexual abuse is one of those things that you carry or you push down, but they come out in other areas. So Dr. Keetra is here today, not only to tell her story, but to talk about how do we get rid of some of those rocks? How do we we talk about the things that have happened to us that we don't necessarily talk about? If you, I bet you if you tagged a few girlfriends and, and just asked them, have you been molested? There are three out of five of them would say that they have, but they just haven't addressed it. So today I wanted to talk a little bit about that um, and talk about, you know, what are some of the triggers? What are some of the things that you may be doing that you just, you're su- suppressed that pain, but it's coming out in a different way. And Dr. Kicho will talk through the, the statistics. And then also, what are some of the things that you can do to kind of overcome this battle? What are some of the steps we can take as women who have been in these positions to get to the next level to healthy um, mental health? So without further ado, I'd like Dr. Keecher to introduce herself and talk more about um, who she is and, and her practice, and then we'll roll into some questions. All right. Thank you so much, Melissa, for having me um, on Girl Talk as one of your guests. I, I count it an honor to be here be here with you to chat with you tonight. But um, a little bit about me. I, I have been a victim advocate for about 20 years or so now. Um, my goal is to definitely help individuals who have been victims in their life after, help them with um, you know very practical guidelines on what it looks like to be healthy post abuse, being abused. Um, as a child victim of sexual abuse myself, now survivor, and has been free for a long time since the age of 23 when I first initially spoke out about my abuser. Um, In my case, my abuser was my biological father, and um, I I spent many years in a dark place. Um, Just I was functioning, but not functioning. And uh, and oftentimes we do that. You know, we do that as individuals because uh, we come from the era if the, you're a 70s baby or a 60s baby, you come from that era where things just were not talked about. And so you end up carrying the word. And I really like the baggage, the backpack that you said. We end up carrying those bricks and those those um, lumps of coal, if we could say, in our bags. So we, we take on the hurt of what somebody has imparted on us. So I have spent much of my life just being a voice, a beacon of hope um, since I... I I became free, as I say, um, and then um, definitely helping individuals get there. I do I do that through my advocacy group, Life After Advocacy Group. 
um, where we bring awareness and prevention to our local communities um, on platforms like this as a guest to be able to talk and get, you know, the more you have these conversations, the more it become aware to individuals and also, and hopefully help individuals who have been victims, whether you are a man, woman, or child, that um, you get to a place where you can speak out about the abuse. So that is, you know, me in a very, you know, um, synopsis kind of way, but um, I do a lot in a community and I have done this. I have a passion for this, and so it transcends. Um, I'm also an educator and a wife and a mother and a, and a new grandmother. <laughs> so there's a lot of titles. Ah, congratulations. Yes, thank you. So that's been a new title, grandmother, at, at, you know, so I'm dealing with that one. That's kind of interesting, but it's great. You know, it's a different kind of love. And so <laughs> other than that, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm here. I'm very transparent. Um, I, I like to have dialogue. I have, like to have conversations. So, you know, definitely if your guests, your listeners like to, you know, put questions in, we definitely love to answer questions because what I do is for the people. It's for the people to be able to say, I need to know how you did this or what is it that you do? Although my story may be different from your story. However, we all have a story. And so it's, it's up to us to be able to get to that place in our life where we can share those stories to help other people. It's interesting that you would use the terminology survivor. I don't think many of us who've been in the position of being sexually abused use the word survivor. Uh, you use cancer survivor, but sexual survivor, I don't know if it's prominent. I've used it as a survivor because you did survive it. But why do you feel like the power in that? What's the power in saying that you were a survivor? I think that's a great, great, great question because the power in using the word survivor is that you took back what was taken from you. So you've, you've claimed y- your power back. You're not the victim. A victim is something that somebody in part hurt on you or they do a crime against you, then you are a victim of that situation. So for me as a survivor in any kind of content you, context you use it in is that you taking back that, you taking back ownership of what somebody stole from you. So I, I'm a survivor, most like many of us are survivors of anything that we have taken back our power and we have overcome a situation. So I, I'm very, um, you know, as a survivor, because I'm not a victim and we have to first take a, take that cape off, you know, if I, if I would say, uh, take that brick out of that backpack and say, I'm not, I'm not a victim. I'm a survivor because I'm here today and my voice matters and I'm able to speak out and I'm able to share my story. And a, and a person who imparted that victim word on me no longer has a power. So I am a survivor. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, you know, a lot of women have, have carried that backpack and they've it's way down at the bottom of the backpack, backpack, and and they've added some some layers of bricks and rocks and coal on top of it, and they forget that it's there. But there are triggers that will always let you know that it's there. Do you want to talk about some of the triggers that some of us ex- may experience? I know everyone varies, but how can a situation of being in that type of situation? come out in other forms? Yeah, that, that is another great question because, you know, triggers come from all types of things. Triggers come from television, touches. For me, you know, I can I can give my own triggers was sleeping with the lights off, sleeping in with it completely dark, 
The reason why is because my perpetrator came late at night. So I never wanted to sleep with all the lights off. So anytime I went to bed, I would always make sure that there was a light on in the house or better yet, my television was always on because I felt like if I turned the lights off, then my perpetrator would come. Well, and that was way past. I was out of that situation, but that was a trigger for me. You know, it could be words that can trigger people. It can be um, touch uh, relationships. We can talk about relationships and triggers. You know, there are a lot of triggers in relationships between a man and a woman, and that could be, you know, sexual. They may not be as open and maybe not. Your woman cannot be as open and may not be as free. Or they can be very promiscuous or they can be, you know, totally the aggressor It comes out in different types of ways. But those triggers are based on how it affected you, how the abuse affected you or how you have internalized it. And then whenever something happened or some people say a word I have. I mean, there's so many analogies we could use for triggers because triggers come in all kind of ways. It can be, you know, don't shut the door. A slamming of the door can trigger someone who has been abused. Mm hmm. Wow, sleeping in the dark. Uh, honestly, I didn't put that, I didn't add that to my trauma, but I don't like to sleep in the dark. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess that that could be it. I just, the dark, I don't like sleeping in the dark. So I, I do have the lights on, unless there is someone with me. Yes. Then I can um, sleep in the dark comfortably. One of the, the things that we didn't talk through was statistically, um, how many women would you say, and, and I don't know if you have it broken down by demographic, but when you think about African-American women, what are st- the statistics on African-American women and being sexually abused as a kid? Well, I, I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you. I haven't broken the statistics down via uh, ethnicity. However, the statistics shows uh-huh. that one in every five girls, right? And then one in, in every 20 boys. So whether you're black, white, Hispanic, Asian, wow. or whatever, it's one in five of that. So if you're in a room of 20, 20 mm-hmm. girls or 20 ladies, you, you should say, I mean, that's one in every five. What is that? Five, five women in that room have been assaulted, at least at the minimum, because it says one in every five. Those are statistics. Those are factual. And many don't talk about it. You know, I think it's not something it, you and I were speaking before the podcast and you'd have a conversation and be like, oh, yeah, that happened to me. And you kind of yeah. brush it off as if it, it wasn't a big deal. But it really is a big deal. And until and I don't know if you want to talk to this, but until you start to heal from it. Your, those triggers are always going to be there and they come out in a different form, but you're, you don't necessarily live in your truth. Would you agree to that? Yes. yes. And I agree. So what I'm going to say is this. Um, I think as, as women, particularly, we have innately, we can wear many hats and we can become masked by di- many different masks. Because, you know, we can have many different looks. You can see the same woman in two mm-hmm. weeks and she'll look 20 times different. You know, she have a, a curly wig, a straight wig, or she'll have weave, or she'll have, you know, shave her hair. We just, we're, we are very diverse people because innately that's how we are. However, I would say is that a lot of times it's, it's easy to suppress hurt and, and bury it deep down and deep down 
inside and don't deal with it, whether versus dealing with it. And but if you still it comes out in other ways. It comes out by relationships, bad relationships, whether it's with your parents, your children, your spouse, or it comes out with just relationships, dealing with people, having friends. You don't know how to be a friend because we deal with internal anger. We deal with internal internal issues. So there's so many ways. And I love this conversation because there are people who deal with things internally, but they don't want to talk about it because they'd rather just say, oh, that happened to me. And I think that was your, your analogy. Oh, that happened to me, but I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to deal with it. Right. Hey, it happened. I'm good. But are you really good? Right. Are you really good? Yeah. Do you really know what a healthy relationship looks like? We always think we got to be so strong. You know, like you, you think that we have to, to battle and conquer the world and, and society makes it that way. But without healing, you can't get to the next level because those triggers are sometimes hindrances. Like you said, they're, they affect your friendships. They affect your, your relationships. They affect how you show up at work even because a trigger can be something at work that sets you off and then and makes you someone that people don't want to associate with. They're not concerned about or they don't know about all of those things that may have happened to you as a child. They're just seeing you as an adult and showing up. So we don't we don't look at it from that that manner. I know personally when I was going through having talking through it with my therapist and and what came out was I didn't feel like I had a voice. Mm -hmm. So as a kid, when that was happening to me, I didn't feel like I had a voice. So when I got a voice old enough to have a voice, it was very, very loud. Mm -hmm. You know, you are not going to punk me. You're not going to do anything to me. I'm going to be in your face. And that came from that trauma. Right. You became an aggressor. But people don't recognize that. That's an interesting point that you're saying. Like everything that we deal with in our life, they're not always driven by a trigger, right? It could just be driven by personality. So what has shaped and molded your personality? Did the did the things that happened to you mold you into the way that you are? And because um, we also got to be mindful that triggers are a point of activation. That means it comes to a point where something has happened that activated a response. So that's basically what our triggers are. Okay? This, if you brush up against me too close, that can be a trigger. So it activate a response of me getting upset or getting angry. Or like most individuals who have been victims of childhood molestation, rape, um, sexual abuse, sexual assault, they are very different in their own way because of how it affected the individual, right? That, so I guess I don't want to get caught up on triggers because the triggers are just activations of a response. It's how we navigate in the life that we live after the abuse. What are our actions? How do we carry ourselves? How do we respond? You know, are you, did you become promiscuous? That's an action. That's not a trigger. That's an action. Right. So we want to know what do we do to correct those, those traits and those characteristics in our life so that we become strong and hold and free. And how do we get to that place? And that is 
that is what what I try to focus on is how do we identify I have a very easy roadmap you got to one identify what has happened to you you have to identify that thing right number two you have to get to a place where you can admit it happened to you and, and you understand each one of these stages at various times you got to admit it happened you got to be able to talk whether you're seeking, seeking out counseling you're going to support groups you're dealing with in yourself internally and then the third step is you have to accept it see the acceptance part is is it's kind of hard for a lot of people because they don't want to accept who they really are because the mirror looks back at you. You see you in the mirror. So although someone has inflicted a, a issue up on you, they, they're whatever their issues, they touched you, they abused you, they raped you, they molested you. They have imparted their issue up on you. Well, now you have to deal with the, that individual as well as who you are today how do you get past what they have imparted on me so i can be free and that's why i always say forgiveness for you it's not for other people you can walk around all day and be angry and hate the person who abused you but they're not in bondage you are yeah you're the one that's in bondage you're the one that's angry you're the one that's walking around so you have to find a way how do you cut that cord how do you cut that so that you can become free and you can start to rehabilitate internally and externally. And that is that acceptance piece. You gotta identify, admit, and accept what has happened to you. And, and I have a very easy roadmap. I write about that. I'm writing about that currently in a journal. But I think that we have to really find it. And it's and I made that sound simple, but it's hard for a lot of people because they don't they stay stuck in identification or they stay stuck in admitting. Yeah. And you've said free. Um, several times in the in in your conversation and in your 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 dialogue. So, just how do you define free? Well, free to me is that I'm free. I'm, I'm transparent. I can speak free. I'm not held bondage in captivity internally about what nobody has done to me, said to me, hurt me. Is that I'm liberated. Obviously, I'm a devout Christian, right? I mean, I believe in the Bible, and I believe that the Word truly states there's freedom where the Lord is. So, I believe that in Him. I'm free and I don't have to be held in captive. I don't have to be woke down because when we think about the things that we're angry about, when we think about, um, I'm sorry, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. That's what I wanted to say. Uh, when we think about um, a lot of the stuff that we're upset about, are you upset about something you did or are you upset about something that somebody did to you? Right. What is your anger point? Why are you angry? Why are you angry? That's what I mean, free. What is holding you? Because yeah. whoever did it to you, they're gone. But you're still holding on to it. So that is what I mean, liberation. I'm not holding on to nothing that you said. I'm not holding on to nothing you did. Because I want to be free. I want to walk in that total liberty, that space of liberty. Yeah, that's very true. You know, you're sitting around, you huffing and you puffing, man. person that went on with their day. Went on with their day and didn't think twice about it. And we are holding on to it. Putting it as another rock in the backpack. Man, another rock. There's, there are people don't talk to people for 20 years. Why? Because you probably can't even remember why you didn't talk to them in the first place. Or they are so far gone. Yeah, I'm guilty of that. That's another show, Dr. Kucha. Yeah. 
I'm sorry. It's just that is what it means for me to be free. You can't hold on. You can't hold on to someone else's issue and make it your issue. It's true. Yeah, I agree. It's true. There's also boundaries. Yeah. So I think the boundaries are interconnected in there as well. Mm -hmm. You could forgive a person and and then you don't have to deal with them as long as you forgive them and just move on. Mm -hmm. I think um, sometimes if you know that that individual is going to be a constant trigger for you, then it's probably best that you do distance yourself from them. Do you agree? Yes, I do. I mean, forgiveness is again for you. It's forgiveness is for you. And I say it a third time, forgiveness is for you. Just because you forgive someone don't mean you forget someone. That means I don't have, I don't have to forget what you did. I just, I can forgive alone because I myself want to be free from that. Like I forgave you. And how do you know? I just had this conversation earlier today. I had a meeting earlier today and we was talking about this. They was discussing my book, Seeing Beyond the Shattered Glass. And they was asking me, and that's always the defining question. How do you forgive? And I always have to say, forgiveness is for, for you. Forgiveness for me. I would be able to do what I'm doing today if I hadn't forgiven. I am not going to stand in front of anyone and broken. I'm not, I don't need a platform. What I need is to be independently free for myself. I want to be true to me first because I can't help anyone else. If I'm still just like, oh, I'm just doing this because I want, no. You have to deal with your issues. You have to know that, yes, forgiveness is it would be great if the person can accept it, but it's it's okay if they don't. You have to move on. You have to do what God has called you to do. And how do you do that? You have to be able to, you know, talk and be able to help someone else, encourage someone else, even in the, the space that, oh, that hurt me. Yeah, it did. It hurt me when my dad did to me. Yes, it did. I spoke at it 23 years old. I told my story for the first time mm-hmm. at 23. But I am 50. And I, I would refuse to be this age walking around angry about what something happened to me at six years old. Wow, it's a lot of long time to carry that rock on your little back. That's a long time. From a, a child and still a child at 23. Mm-hmm. Right, and carrying carrying those the, that rock on your back. And, and a probably that's a whole different dynamic because that was your parent. Mm-hmm. And you didn't, you didn't want to break that bond I, I would think mm-hmm. you know there was something there as a parent and with your mom and family and all of those things that would that's a tricky situation I can't imagine yeah it was it was a tricky situation but I had to come to the place it wasn't about anyone else but me it was about me and my story yeah I was hurt too exactly <laughs> so you know sometimes a lot of people a lot of people I've on this journey, they always say, well, how did you say it? And what did your family think? Well, I was hurt too. I, I, I was a victim. So don't get upset at the victim. Yeah, I'm just saying as a little girl, though, you don't realize all of those things. When you're, you're 23 years old, it's a different mindset. Mm-hmm. But as a little girl, that has to be frightening at six years old to carry all of that all the way up to 23. Mm-hmm. That was a heavy load to bear. Because a lot of times when we're young and, and things happen um, in your home at a young age, the dysfunction becomes function. You don't know it's abnormal because it's a normal seat. Now, you, you have a, a sixth sense, is what I say, of intuition that this cannot be right. But it, it becomes a function in a very dysfunction atmosphere. So you grow up in an area where you're thinking that, oh, okay, well, yeah, I mean, I love my dad. I love my daddy. 
but my father's hurting me. I love my, you know, so I understand these dynamics. And as you get older, like I said, I was 23. My trigger was I did not want to be an abuser to my children. So I was pregnant and I, I had a fear. So fear pushed my story. So I didn't want to be that way. I didn't know at that time that, you know, not, was I going to be like this? Do I have to be this way? I, I didn't know because I was in this situation in my life. That was my growing up. That was my experience. So, but that that pregnancy pushed me to tell my story, to get counseling, to seek help is because I knew I didn't want to be that way. Because obviously we do know things can be generational, but I never wanted to be in that type of situation. So I, again, I, I feel that we have to identify within ourselves things that happen and how do we do that? Just being true to us. So tell us um, a little bit um, about your book. What your your book is about, how people can order the book as well, mm-hmm. and what and how you birthed the book. Okay, yeah, seeing beyond the shattered glass was like my first book. Um, it was it's a it's a fiction, but it's my story. It's a fictional memoir. So I wrote my story, but I used different characters um, simply because I really wanted to tell the story. That was a six, well, it's probably what eighteen years now, um, eighteen year journey. Um, of me getting to the place to finally want to actually release this book. I have many journals and many scraps of spirals that I wrote in it, but I really, um, it wasn't time. And that's how I look at it. So I wrote this book, it released in 2020 during COVID. And um, I talk about the journey of Cassidy Noel Winters um, and how she overcome much of what we just talked about or what we're talking about. And basically it was my life. I, I shared my life in, in on paper through Cassidy Noel. And you can definitely find my book at drkeetra.com. It's very easy. You know, Dr. Keetra, I'm all on other social media, I mean, social media and um, Barnes and Nobles, Amazon, uh, Goodreads. <laughs> so you can find it on all of those platforms. However, if you do order it at Dr. Keetra, it's autographed by me. So that's, that's the special benefit. But yes, so you can find me on all social media. Drkeetra.com. Mm-hmm. So I have to make sure I order a copy yes. right now <laughs> before I forget. Yes. And so I could get a, or said before I, oh, did I do that right? Is it no period or doctor? Yes. All one word? All one word, no period. Dr. D-R-K-E-T-R-A. And also I have a new book, Revelation, which I love. It's a novel. I'm able to, all my writings are to talk about um, identifying the issue, discuss the effects of sexual abuse and molestation in family and generations and how we overcome and forgiveness. Those are always going to be my platforms in every book that I write. So Revelation is my newest book. Um, and that it was a novel that was released in 2021. And also just so to back, seeing beyond the shattered glass is an award winning book. I won an award for my first book. Um, so I was so excited about that, but, um, yeah, Revelation talks about abuse in the church and how people are affected through sexual abuse in the church. That indeed is deep. That indeed. So we are going to, um, it was been a pleasure having this conversation with you. I really enjoyed it. I learned a ton. I'm sure that the listeners will learn a ton as well. But are there any parting words that you would like to give our listeners, whether male or female, on becoming free? and breaking through that ceiling yes thank you so much and again thank you for this opportunity but first of all speak your truth and your voice matters 
You do not have to suffer in silence. It has been such a taboo, taboo that when the, when the victim speaks out about being abused, they become the victim all over again. But don't let, let that be a discouragement to you to tell your story, to say what happened. Because it was nothing that you did that made someone else want to touch you. You was innocent in that situation. So my parting words would be that be true to you, speak your truth, and the struggle has no hold on the outcome. No matter what hap has happened, it does not define your outcome and who you are to become. Well, awesome. Thank you so much. It, again, it has been a pleasure having this conversation with you. We hope to have you back. I'd love to have you back with a panel of women who have gone through the similar um, situations and we can have a, a really in-depth conversation on how um, these women have overcome or maybe not. And maybe you can get some healing for them to become free. So as always, folks, I see you because I am you. You have just listened to the Girl Talk podcast with your host, Melissa Ann. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Until next time, remember, I see you because I am you.